The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, welcome back to another NASCAR America at Home edition. A full screen of people today. Myself, Steve Letart, joined by Parker Kligerman as a fellow analyst. Jeff Burton's on the call, but he's not an analyst today, and he's a dad, and that's because, Parker, we're going to talk to the points leader in the Xfinity Series, Harrison Burton. Man, welcome aboard to the, uh, we'll call it the online NASCAR America there, Harrison. Yeah, it's been cool. I've uh, been watching and uh, been watching in the background a couple times, watching my dad film these shows, so it's cool to be on the other side of the camera. So, I mean, it's been a great start. I, I want to get into Darlington, which is coming up. I have a lot of questions about Darlington, but let's talk about the first four races real quick. I mean, a great run in all four. Worst is a fifth. That's a heck of a start to a season. A couple seconds, you broke through that big one out west, but then this big break. Has it been hard to try to continue that momentum through this break? Yeah, a little bit. Uh... You know, I, I've had that conversation with, you know, my team trying to figure out how we could keep momentum rolling, kind of stay in the swing of things. Uh, and we kind of came to the conclusion that we kind of just had to be ourselves and, and do what we were doing right in the beginning. And the more we focused on trying to just overanalyze everything and try and, you know, focus on trying to come back with the same momentum and all this is, is probably going to be detrimental. You know, we, we figured that if we can start the season good, uh, the first time we can restart it good the second time and we're going to approach it, you know, that way. And, and it's nice to have a win in our back pocket, but we're definitely going out and hunting for some more. To go off of that, you know, we talk about this break. It's such a weird break, right? And so, especially for yourself being young, I feel like for you, you want to just be in the race car every weekend, right? That's how you're learning that sort of thing. Is there anything you found that you could be doing in this time? You've been watching old races. You watch any of the last races from early in the season, those sorts of things to kind of stay in the groove? Is there, or I guess iRacing like everyone else, what's been the thing to keep your mind in that racing mode? I think iRacing has been good for that. Um, it keeps your mind kind of turned on to the, the strategies and the, the ideas and, and how to, you know, use good racecraft and, the, the biggest thing is iRacing, the, the technique and fundamentals aren't exactly the same as real life, right? But the, the idea behind the, what you're doing and how you're doing it, how you're attacking the race is still the same for me. Um, so that's something that I've been using and, and having a lot of fun trying to figure out different ways to attack different races. Uh, and obviously, I, I like watching the, the older races and, uh, and races, especially from Darlington, um, from the past years, trying to kind of learn that racetrack as much as I can because uh, never been there before, and we got to go race with with no practice. So that's going to be pretty awesome. I had multiple times to be his crew chief slash spotter in I racing, and and every time I pull up on my thing, had to do it. It all magically is a race. Uh, for some reason, there's no assistant wanted from this one over here. I, I think yeah. I'm a good spotter. I'd be good in I racing spotting. You got. Well, I'm not going to give him spotting. Yeah, I'm not going to give him any credit spotting, but I will going to give him credit driving because behind you guys is a trophy case full of trophies. So you just mentioned Darlington. 
the points leader. I don't think any of us know. You may know, but we don't know. It's not public. So I'm not going to put you on the spot how they're lining up at Darlington. But with the conception that as the points leader, you may roll off on the front row or even anywhere inside the top five or ten, your first lap at Darlington is going to be green flag. Have you leaned on the guy next to you and at least asked some questions? I mean, I watched him somehow win a race there with a destroyed race car in the rain, but that's for a whole other show. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I've been very lucky. I've been quarantined with a, uh, a uh, Cup Series winner, guy that's been in the sp uh, sport for, for over 20 years, um, and now he's got a different you know, look at it, being able to look and be an analyst and kind of watch what other people do and mistakes they have. And I almost think he's been giving me better advice as a TV analyst than he was when he was racing, I think, because he's able to sit back with a broader lens and, uh, and kind of judge people on what they do. And we can learn from their mistakes or things that go well for them and uh, be able to watch my races back and do the same thing. So, yeah, I think that uh, I definitely have to lean on him. I'm leaning on my whole team. Uh, you know, we're, we're in the simulator again. We're, we're getting rolling on that. So, there's stuff like that that's getting the ball moving and getting a little bit back to normalcy, but I definitely have to lean on uh, on the guy with the experience that lives in the same house as me a little bit too. That's definitely smart. I like it. Hey, so I'm really curious. So we're talking about, you know, guys who have been to Darlington in the Cup Series and, you know, how are they going to tackle a race with no practice, no qualifying. And for them, you know, it's the idea of, hey, let's just assess the car and then sort of get in the groove. But, you know, as a driver, when we go to a new racetrack, I find it always interesting talking to drivers, how they learn a track, how they get up to speed quickly and how many laps it might take them to get their points down, that sort of thing. So first of all, what is your sort of system? And second of all, how do you apply that to a race from the first lap you're in the, you know, going into turn one and it's a pretty short race. So you've got to figure it out pretty quick. Yeah. So I'm lucky. I have a teammate with a lot of experience. Brandon Jones has been in the series for quite some time. Uh, and a lot of times I'll lean on him and ask him, you know, questions about techniques he's going to use or whatever it may be. Um, and a lot of times I'll ask a bunch of people different questions and I'll get three different answers and I'll meet somewhere in the middle and kind of attack the racetrack that way. But I think for me, the biggest thing I have to do is attack the racetrack as soon as I get there. Um, I feel like once you go through that corner, that's borderline wide open. If you get it wide open on the first lap, it's a lot, it's a lot easier for the rest of the weekend to feel more confident. It's a lot less scary, I guess. So um, I don't know if that's the right technique to do, but I try and attack as hard as I can the first lap on the racetrack. Um, and then I can get a really good scale of what I thought the grip level was. Um, because if you're under driving the car, you don't get the feedback from the tires. You don't get the feedback from where your car is on a setup. So in my head, I think, well, I might as well, you know, go for it. So, um, that might not be the right thing to do first lap of the race, no practice at Darlington, but when it comes to practice, I definitely go for the attack early, try and be fast early. First lap off the truck is really important for me and my team, I think, to get uh, in the right mindset and in the right frame of mind for the rest of the practice. You get a way better start to the weekend that way. Jeff, what do you think? Flat out, turn one, first lap. <laughs> so, Parker, I, uh, you know, I started giving him all this, all this stuff about Darlington, and I found myself talking about Darlington all the time, and then I had to remind myself that, uh, when he went to California, one there, never had been there. He didn't ask me anything about that. So, so <laughs> it, may, it may be best for him just to do what he's been doing. Um, but, you know, I will I, – it's, it's great. It, here's what I think. I think that uh, what he said about – and I had never thought about it. What he said about under the drive in the car is 100% right. I mean, if you, if you do underdrive the car, 
you have no idea what the car can do and what it can't do and what you can and can't do. Um, I think ultimately uh, for a young driver or an experienced driver, you really just have to trust yourself, right? And, and you have to recognize where you are on the aggression level. So, you know, the way I drove, uh, I, my 100% was probably 93 or 94% of some other people. That was just my personality. So I think if you're, you know, if you're Tyler Reddick, you, you know, you're, you're 101, right? You're 101. So when you go to Darlington lap one, you might want to back it up some. It, it just depends on where you are on the aggression level, uh, what's worked for him. And when I've seen him be successful is when he does just go ahead and get going, right? It's, it's, you're not going to learn anything. You're not going to get better by, you know, going 85%. That's just not an option. There's just, it operate, you know, Steve, you know, I mean, it doesn't put the car in the load it needs to be in. It doesn't, it just doesn't give the feedback. So uh, if you don't go and attack, then you're going to really be fighting. Now, turn one side by side at Darlington, I think he has to set goals, right? I think you have to set a set of rules. Of You're not going to get yourself in this position at this point in the race because this is his test. In my eyes, this race is his test for Darlington. He's going to have a chance to come back and be better the next time. I don't want to see him uh, on pit road on lap six with the right side torn off of it because he's learned nothing, learned right. absolutely nothing. Yeah. So, Harrison, from a guy who's never made a lap at Darlington other than in a pace car, this is going to be my advice. If you're too wide off turn two, you didn't listen to the advice. <laughs> file first corner. I don't care if you got to give up three. Let's go ahead and uh, get a single file. Let's fight it out now in three and four. Let's at least get through one and two the first time. But, hey, so only real quick, just a couple more minutes here. One thing I find fascinating, and, and I pick on Jeff because him and I have this conversation a lot. When I take my son to the racetrack, he runs dirt carts. I have a hard time being a dad because I'm not wired that way. I'm wired as a crew chief. And we don't have fun when I show up as a crew chief because we're just there to have fun. So my question for you two sitting here is, Jeff, how do you balance coach, which you absolutely have the resume to coach anyone in the field, versus dad because you're his only dad. And Harrison, what are those moments you're looking for a coach versus perhaps just looking for a dad, right? Someone to tell you what you may or may not be. Yeah, I think uh, it's a it's a tough balance for sure, right? Because as a teenage kid, the last person you want to have telling you you're wrong is your dad, right? So um, my my I kind of wised up eventually. You know, I, I early in my career, as soon as I got into late models, I felt like you know there wasn't. It seems like you always think that you know a lot about racing until you make that next step, and then you find out you don't. Um, and the people that you're competing around are way, you know, more experienced and know more about what they're doing and why they're doing it. Um, you know, when I made that first step into late models, I kind of wised up and thought, okay, well, I've got a guy that I'm living with that is really well experienced and, and obviously has a lot of success and I can take advantage of that. And that's my huge advantage in, in being my dad's son is, is I can pick his brain. I can ask him questions. Uh, now there's times when we disagree and we butt heads and, uh, like any relationship, I do that with my crew chief and I do that with my spotter and, and everyone in racing always kind of has that experience where you disagree. Um, but at the end of the day, you're on the same team and you're working together. Um, and I think that I'm really lucky to have my dad because I feel like he does a great job of, of you know, telling me what I need to know, but also just being a dad. Um, and normally, recently, he's just a lot of times he's just been a dad, which is really fun for us, I think, to kind of have that change of change of pace yeah I, Steve I made a conscious effort uh, a couple of years ago to to just be dad you know what I mean and 
and trust the people that's around him and be the 10,000 foot view guy. You know, like, you know, I, I'm, you know, I don't run down when we're running late models. I'm all in it, man. I'm like, let's, let's change this on the shock. Let's do this. I'm all in it. But in every other situation, it's more 10,000 foot view. And, and if I see something big uh, at the track, I'll, I'll say something to somebody, but I'm not on the radio talking, uh, none of those things. And then if Harrison wants to talk about it, we talk about it. But, but I've really gotten to the point where I don't, I don't really push him anymore. Um, I trust the people around him and I think he's got really good people around him. And if there's something that I can help, but on a different level than just, Hey, here's how you do turn one. Then that's what I'm there for. I'm not no longer at 19 years old. Does he need uh, me telling him what he should be doing in turn one? I'm just going to say, I've watched you watch a race of Harrison in it. And you do have incredible resistance to pushing that button on the radio and wanting to talk. So <laughs> you're a great to learn. <laughs> been learned it's not uh, they put a they put a shock button on it so every time i push it it would send a short bolt <laughs> oh well man listen the burton family glad uh you guys joined us just a reminder to everybody nascar is back in action starting with cup cars sunday the 17th at darlington harrison the xfinity race is tuesday yep the 19th on uh tuesday the 19th, 19th. That's also on Fox or FS1, I assume. Wednesday will be the Cup Cars. Really, starting the 17th of May, NASCAR is back on action. Our friends at Fox has all the coverage on one of their stations. Tune in. Check it out. Uh, we're lucky in auto racing in these crazy times that the way the sport's designed, we can get back to racing. I'm fired up for it. Harrison, I appreciate you taking the time. Good luck. Remember, get off turn two and race the rest That's of the right. race. It's going to be fine. Uh, congrats on that win back in Fontana. Jeff, thanks for joining us. That's uh, another edition of NASCAR America at home. Myself, Parker Cliverman, Jeff Burton, and Xfinity Series Points Leader, Harrison Burton. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.